Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. How many fish in our stringer? How many points on our buck? How many feathers in our bag? That's how we keep score around here. Sportsmen and women of all skill levels. Let's disconnect from the day-to-day grind and stay connected to the outdoor activities that you and your family love. This is the Doug Pike Show, brought to you by Stub Cycles. Still rolling strong after 50 years. Now, here's Doug Pike. All right, I'm trying out earbuds in here, and I'm already convinced that they may or Hold on. This is so messed up. I can't tell whether I'm going to be able to hear. It's, it's a... I may have to go back and get my headphones at the first break. Oh, well, that's all right. I can make it work. There's some sort of a... There's a broken wire in here, just like there's a broken wire in my regular headphones. But at least... Oh, wait. It's trying to work. Mm, nah, I'll go fix that in a little while. I uh, barely can hear myself, which is probably a good thing. All right, as uh, now I've got to turn it down. It's a very different sound through these earbuds than through the headphones. I think I like the headphones better. I've got to go back to five below. Get that done. I can't do it today. I've got baseball games today. Check that, check that. All right, we'll start with as uh, we typically do around here i don't know why it is i'm so fascinated with the weather but i am the five state area covered by this texas radar map that would include new mexico oklahoma with an asterisk by it now if you've been reading the news arkansas louisiana and texas and a good chunk of mexico a chunk of mexico probably the size of at least new mexico Not a cloud in the sky, not a raindrop to be found anywhere except offshore of Louisiana, and it's in the eastern half of the state there. So there's, in a nutshell, there's nothing going on, absolutely nothing. There's a giant high-pressure ridge sitting on top of us and sitting on top of, well, essentially the greater part of North America, and it's just going to be hot and clear and miserably hot. For the next few days, I'm not even going to look at the forecast. I don't like triple digit numbers staring me in the face when I have to be outside for a significant portion of the day. I will recommend highly that you stay hydrated. I will recommend that you find air conditioning when you can and take advantage of it and just be careful. The hydration thing, by the way, I talked about this. uh, One of the interviews I did for 50 plus airs tomorrow on KPRC and KTRH, was with a woman who is in charge of, well, she's not in charge of hydration, but she took the she took the mantle and ran with it for this interview. She and I both agree, and as did my trainers years ago, that you need to start hydrating the day before 
you're going to do a major outdoors event. In other words, if you're planning on being outdoors a lot today, you should have been drinking water, more water than usual tomorrow. You have to fill that tank and have it full when you leave the house on the day you're going outside. You can't just stop at the boat ramp and chug a half gallon of water and expect that to do you any good. In fact, that would be much worse for you to suddenly take in that much water. You can't do that on the first tee box. You can't do that anywhere and do it safely and expect to be hydrated through the day. What you're going to do is you're going to start the day with about a half a tank and then end up as you're, especially on a day like this when it felt like it was about 85 this morning, then you're going to just, you're just going to be keep playing catch up with your body and your body won't catch up. And you're going to sub- subject yourself to a su- sincerely significant chance of dehydration. And that leads to heat exhaustion, which if not corrected immediately can lead to a heat stroke. And that's the one you don't want to get. That's the one you don't want. A heat exhaustion will manifest itself in some, uh, maybe a little slurred speech. You'll get dizzy. You'll feel nauseous. You'll have all kinds of things going on that you really don't like. And if you don't get some fluids in you quickly and if you don't get into a cooler uh, environment then it's going to fall over that other end and you're not going to like it moving backward into the history book briefly the fourth of july weekend has come and gone and with relatively few incidents i checked these things both locally and statewide and there just wasn't a whole lot of uh, trouble fortunately despite some Still some pretty big crowds. Now, one of the things that certainly must have helped the, or at least attributed to the lower number of incidents, is that although there were still lots of people finding their way to places for recreation, the beaches in Galveston were closed. The beaches down the state were closed. Now, some people managed to walk onto the beaches here and there especially down south, the traffic was stopped, at least. And people who wanted to get there had to invest a little time and effort to get onto the beach. They'd have to park, who knows, 200 yards, a quarter mile, half a mile, and schlep all their stuff down to the sand. It was eerie this past weekend looking at at video from Galveston and seeing nobody, just nobody, on the beach. It was it was just really kind of weird. Now, flash fast forward to now, Beach Road down in Surfside, there are at least four people that I can see have waded out and are attempting to catch speckled trout and whatever else may happen by. And I suspect they'll do all right today. Should be. It's it's hard to tell this early in the morning what the water actually looks like. A little bit Still a little bit of an odd camera angle. I'm trying to get another camera angle on it real quickly here and see if I can't tell you more about it, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to do that. Oh, well, moving on, huh? Oh, yeah, there they are. At the jetty, the jetty cam picture, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys. Nine guys in the water. One, well, there's another, but there's got to be a tenth because his bait bucket is floating into the in and out of the scene behind a telephone pole. So out of 10 guys, I would say that maybe five, six of them have a chance. Six of them have a shot. The other four are far too shallow. Two of them on uh, what's now the first bar off Beach Road. 
and two of them off the second. Everybody else lined up at what's basically the third. Well, no, those two guys are just in the gut. I don't know what they're doing. One guy's up armpit deep right now trying to find his way back. So he and his buddy are throwing into enough water. But these other two guys just, they didn't want to get their belt loops wet. And so they probably don't have a chance. I'll keep an eye on those guys as we move forward. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. I haven't had a chance to check email yet. I'll take a peek. Uh, Mojo weighing in, as always, usually first in. Usually first in, Mojo. Thank you. Good morning, and a good morning to you. I am so glad to be in here, by the way. Things just went a little crazy around the Pike household this weekend, or this week. It started with... Um, did it start there? Let me think. <clears throat> Pardon me. Yeah, I guess it did start with a day and a half of air conditioning out. Downstairs, I got a two-story house. Downstairs, main air conditioner out. Inside temperature, 79 degrees. <clears throat> and we're not used to being in 79 degree uh, temperatures in our house. Upstairs unit working overtime barely keeping it to about 74, maybe 75, so at least it felt relatively cooler. So I call my guy, leave a message, I guess that would have been Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, it's it's getting bad Wednesday afternoon. I call, I leave a message late Wednesday, it was afterward, the answering service took the call. No problem, they'll call you in the morning. No call in the morning. So ah, they're busy. Uh, my wife and I discussed it. Just give it a little time. They'll call. And they didn't call, didn't call. So I called back again about 11 o'clock. Uh, yeah, we, we left that message. Uh, or actually, 11 o'clock, I get the um, the actual company. And they did not get that original message from the answering service. So I got on the list. I told them I needed some help. And I thought it might just be the batteries in the thermostat. But one way or the other, we were without air. And nothing happened again. And finally, late that night, I called after almost two full days of no air. I went ahead and made a call to the owner of the company. I, I let it go as long as I could. Long story short, I get him on the phone. And to his credit, to his credit, he and I, he knows that I'm halfway capable of, of fiddling with something without breaking it. And so he says, okay, I, I described the problem. I said, look, it's been off, mostly off for the better part of two days. Every now and then, though, we'll kind of just walk by and threaten it, and it'll kick on. It'll run for five minutes or ten minutes or an hour and then quit again. What's going on? And he immediately says, float valve. It's got to be the float valve. I said, okay, how fast can you get over here and fix that float valve? Ooh, he said, and this was bare. This is like six thirty in the evening. Can't get over there today, man. I'm just. I've got every one of my guys is all over town, but nobody's in Sugarland. Not even close. Not, I just can't do it. I said, okay, can I do it? He said, maybe, maybe. And he described he described what I was going to find, where I was going to find it. He walked me through it on the phone, the whole way through. And I was able to flush that little valve, and that's all it was, flush that drain pipe coming out of the main unit. And it's just with just a simple puff of air. And as I kind of laughed with him and my wife, uh, she's been telling me I was full of hot air for years, 
And it finally paid off because once I cleared that line, just a hard breath into it a couple of times. And he, he did forewarn me. He said, don't, don't put your mouth on the pipe. Just wrap your fingers around it and then just blow as hard as you can through that pipe and it might clear it. And it did. And it did. Thank goodness. The AC came back on and I was a hero. And then I tore up my knee. And that's still an issue. Uh, I think I'm going to be good for a golf tournament on Monday. Hope hope so. It's a good charity tournament and I want to participate in it. And then last night, my I just walked in the door from somewhere. I don't remember where. And my son hollers down from upstairs, hey, dad, the toilet is overflowing in the upstairs bathroom. Oh, really? There's good news. So I dealt with that as well. And this week I caught some fish. So there's balance in the universe. There is balance in the universe. Uh, they're green fish. It, I, I heard for the very first time in my life a term that I had not ever heard in this long life I've lived a term that's been attached to largemouth bass. I don't know if you've heard it. I'm guessing you have not, but I'll tell you what it is on the other side of the break. We're going to go ahead and hit one on time this morning to set a standard for an incoming new producer, Andrew Trent. Or Kent has already been, been lifted up out of this weekend trench. And uh, is going to work down on KTRH. And there's there's just a lot of shuffling going on. Uh, the good ones who come through here end up getting moved up very quickly. And I will count him uh, probably among the best who have ever stood behind that board. As he, he'll be heading out, I don't know, in a couple of weeks as soon as Andrew is ready to go. And Andrew seems pretty capable and and enthusiastic from the little bit of interaction I've had with him so far. So all is well uh, for both of them anyway. I'll be in here at the same time, usually. Timber Creek Golf Club would love to have you come down and play 18 holes today, or 17, or 16, or however many you can handle in the heat. It's going to be a hot day. That's why they have somebody driving around that golf course to keep you hydrated all day long. There are water stations, but uh, the stuff on the cart. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A little more high test in some... Uh, if you know what I mean. A great food in the grill. They've got an outstanding academy, a golf academy there, down there run by a guy named David Pilsner. Timber Creek is on FM 2351, a couple of miles west of the Gulf Freeway. Very easy to find and um, a very rewarding experience. Now, for those of you who live on the south side of town, it's pretty easy to get to either via Beltway 8 to the Gulf Freeway or just straight down 45, either one. TimberCreekGolfClub.com is the website. You could start there this morning and set your tee time for a little later this afternoon. I'm sure there will be some open times. TimberCreekGolfClub.com. We'll take a little break here. Be right back. The Doug Pike Show on Sports Talk 790. 
718 on Sports Talk 790, the Doug Pike Show. Thank you for listening. Ran down and got the headphones. It's a little bit better. Now I'm back to hearing out of one ear, but at least it sounds right. There's something fidgety, wiggity in this. Uh, it's either in the adapter or the... It's a long story. It's a very long and boring story. I won't bore you with it. 713-212-5790. Email me, DougPike at iHeartMedia.com. I, I thought of something the other day. Oh, what was that I was going to tell you about? Oh, yes, the, the nickname for bass. So a friend of mine and his son are fishing one of their neighborhood lakes. And they've taken us over there, my son taken my son and me over there a couple times, and it's, it's not a bad little lake. But as he was fishing, a guy in a pickup truck, a young guy, probably, he said maybe 30s, late 20s, early 30s, that's a young guy to me. Comes rolling up, rolls down his window, and says, Hey, man, are there any ditch pickles in that lake? And that was a term I had never heard. When he told me that, and he asked me, he said, Have you ever heard of that? Have you ever heard bass called ditch pickles? Like, no, I had not, but I love it. And so, henceforth throughout the land, when I remember, when I remember... I may go ahead and just call them ditch pickles. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. Dan weighed in this morning. No mowing today. He's got to work today and tomorrow. No mowing today. Yeah, I don't blame you. I told him, I said, look, just just don't mow. It's going to be 100. Just let the sun, don't water that grass. Just let the sun wilt it back to mowed height which it probably would. It probably would. David, what's up, man? Hey, man. Well, you know, I, I, I already knew the answer to that because uh, it's a Captain Mickey is Captain Mickey come up with that name. Did he really? I had yes, no sir. idea. Yeah. I'll have to call him and give him credit. I'd never heard the term before. Yeah, I'm, I'm dead serious. That's the first time I ever heard it. And he, he, I call them Mickeyisms or what? You know, you know, like, you know actually who, who that sounds like more? Is is James Plog? That sounds like well, something James be, would say. Well, it could be, yeah, it could be Plog. Yeah, could be any. Hey, other we much. did get to go with we did get to go with Tex on Wednesday. Good. Oh, I'm melting right now. Oh my gosh, <laughs> a little hot was it? Hey, Luke, I'm, I'm in my comfort zone right now. You so know, we, it's, we it's hot. Oh, I know. As hot as it well, as hot as it was for you guys then, it's going to be about three or four degrees hotter today and tomorrow, which is just just burst into flames temperatures. Right. Well, Mr. Doug, let me tell you what, what. See, we got there. I was there at about uh, six thirty, quarter to seven. They don't open up till seven. My brother right. Harold come over there. He went with me, and then Tex, he was there. We got out at about seven thirty, and we were back by. We were heading back by ten thirty. You know, yeah, I don't blame. But you. it was fast and furious. It Thank goodness, huh? You get yep. a, if you were and only we were getting using, a bite about uh, once a half hour, you'd have just you'd have, it would have been just enough to keep you out there, but not enough to make you feel good about it. Yes, sir. Each each drop down we did. At first we were doing all chicken livers, and uh, well, well, let me tell you what we got. Uh, we ended up with thirty five, nice ten throwbacks. Uh, out of the twenty five catfish, uh, twenty four of them were channel cats, and uh, one a, a blue cat, and uh, and then I caught the legendary 
Uh-oh. One-eyed bass, man, on chicken liver, dude. <laughs> on the Aberdeen hook. Yeah, that Aberdeen poor hook. old, that poor old. I saw that picture of the fish you posted. That poor thing was just so <laughs> hungry. You know, it just had to. Well, eat. you know what? I used her. Did you see? Did you see me lipping her on there? Because I mean, I let. Did you see the belly? It looked like maybe she's gonna have some eggs. So I, wow, I maybe so. Back down yeah, that's a good call. And man, we we did good. Hey, on, on another note, if I may. Uh, man, God dang, we lost uh, Charlie Daniels. Yes, and, I uh, saw that. And and I can't believe, I mean, no, I can believe, but I didn't realize that when Charlie Daniels wrote that, he wrote about Johnny Gimble that played with the Sleep Toils. I mean, no, oh, wow. he played with Bob Wells and Texas Playboys, excuse me. But I mean, he did. He did hang with the sleep at the wheel. Anyway, you know how us musicians, we all go around. And yeah, heck yeah. Anytime, anytime you can sit down and start picking, you do, don't you? Yes, sir. Good and, for and, you, man. And, 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 and it was an honor uh, uh, to be able to. His Now, I never got to meet Johnny Gimble, but uh, his brother, I got to sit next to him when he was in New Waverly at a crawfish bowl heading to Houseville. And my third cousin comes up to me and goes, that's Johnny Gimble's brother next to you. <laughs> Man, we're in a round circle. He played, and I had to, I got to play, I got to play second fiddle after him. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Nope. Anyway, you know, I, it's, it's a Man. wonderful, it's a wonderful, oh, on your, on your injury. Yes, sir. Uh, like my mom will say, put uh, hot water, Epsom salt, dry that off and get you a bottle of Camp Openique in a, in a cotton ball and rub it all on there. And Camp Openique about killing anything, I believe. That sounds good to me, man. Thanks, David. I appreciate you doing Yeah, man. I'll see you. Adios. Thanks. Woo! What a weekend this is going to be. Every time I look at this forecast, it just it just seems hotter and hotter and hotter. Uh, update from the beach. Those two guys real shallow. Hold on. Let me look. They either went out. No, I think they just quit. They just they realized that they couldn't even cast out to the bar on which the guys who are catching trout. There's a guy catching one now. The guys who are catching these things, they could the guys at the beach couldn't even cast out to where those guys were standing, so they probably gave up. It doesn't look bad. You're gonna have to jump every now and then if you want to stand out on the bar with those guys. But you'll probably catch some fish. It's still just the the light angle is not quite right to tell whether it's I, oh, I can tell you it's not super green, but at least it's calm enough to be out there. And as anybody who's ever fished the surf long enough knows, it doesn't have to be super pretty. Now, it helps if you can see through the water real well, but it doesn't have to be just gorgeous pretty to catch speckled trout. Those fish are probably there even when it's a little muddy this time of year. But as the sun starts to bake down on that super shallow stuff, those fish will get off the beach in a hurry. They'll back out into enough water where they'll catch a little thermocline somewhere, probably 10, 12 feet, and there they will camp out for the rest of the day once it gets too hot, which it will. Water temperature's still up in the 80s, and uh, that's no picnic. It's fluctuated a little bit during the week, uh, but 80 anything is pretty warm. But it beats standing in 100-degree air then again, doesn't it? Then again, speaking of words, uh, the little phrases and stuff, I thought about the word recreation. And I've not heard anybody talk about it this way, but I, I can't help but look at that word and just change the, change the vowel sound of that first E, first e from a, a, sh- a short E to a long E 
And the word suddenly becomes recreation. And recreation is what being outdoors does for me. Things are going badly like like this week. My knee, the air conditioner, the flooded toilet, all kinds of things messing up in my world. But if I could just get out there and do a little fishing, maybe play a little golf, go just get outside and do something, go swimming, go do something outside, I kind of recreate myself. It's a restart button for all of us. It really is. It's a way to let all the rest of that stuff go. That was another, speaking of uh, 50 plus as I was a minute ago, was another interview I did for this, for tomorrow's show on meditation and just retraining your mind to shut out all of this mess that's going on around us. It doesn't shut it out completely. You're not, you're not going to hypnotize yourself and forget all the bad stuff in the world right now. But what it does is it gives you an opportunity to let go of some of the anxiety it causes, let go of some of the worrying you're probably doing. And there are some very simple exercises you can do that can help you get through the day, help you fall asleep at night. I think I've told all of you that I use a, a little program on, the, on my iPad to help knock me out at night and so help me i've listened to it enough times now it doesn't happen overnight you're not gonna just turn that thing on the very first time and it just knock you out like a like a hammer to the back of the head that's not how it works but if you do it regularly and you just really focus on what that what's going on with that thing it will put you to sleep it will. It'll knock you right out. It did it for me last night. My stomach was upset a little bit from what I ate for dinner. Probably too much. Probably too a little too much eating, which has become a habit lately. But man, I turned that thing on and one, two, three, gone. And it's it's very interesting how that works. It just trains your body to, to get into a, a certain rhythm, get your breathing into a certain rhythm, get your mind taken off of all the other things going on the ac issue the overflowing toilet all everything that goes on with work for all of us There's always something going on with work right but then this thing just calms you down and if i were to start to recite it right now i guarantee you i would yawn i can assure you i would yawn i'm not going to do it but it works it's worth trying any kind of recreation recreation is good for the body and soul. I'm looking at these guys now, kind of wishing I was in the water with them. It looks pretty good. And I'm, one guy, the guy on the end, uh, he's either stringing a fish. I think he's trying to string a fish at this point is what he's doing. Trying to keep it there. And they're out deep enough that the rod and reel can't just be tucked under your arm. You've got you've to gotta manipulate it and keep it up a little higher. There, I think he's back in business now. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. I'll go back and check those during this next little break. My, my, this thing's kind of moving along. This is the Doug Pike Show, brought to you by Stub Cycles. Still rolling strong after 50 years. Now, here's Doug Pike. 801 on Sports Talk 790. We're going to get Jason Short on the phone here shortly, and uh, that was funny, and uh, talk about that. In the meantime, I'm going to tell you what we'll talk about after I talk to Jason, and this is something going on in New York that I found absolutely hilarious. 
because they've been working on this program, the same program, for, gosh, I don't know, it may have been 10 or 12 years ago that this story first broke. It may have even been longer than that. I know it was a long time. But the state of New York, and specifically the Staten Island area, have been for years now working to control the deer population on Staten Island through a mobile ambulance program that performs vasectomies on bucks. $6.6 million program. I don't, that's probably, that may be annually. I don't know. But they are spending money hand over fist in New Orleans or in uh, New York to control this deer population on Staten Island when they could just take a suburban full of up. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Us up there and let us go out there and fix that problem for them the old-fashioned way, the more productive way, the more efficient way, which is just to take some deer out of the herd. And why they wouldn't consider that, well, I was going to say I have no idea, but yeah, I do. It's New York. It's New York. And for some reason, they just, they aren't interested in removing those animals. And here's the deal. As long as there are three or four bucks that they can't capture and neuter, then they're going to have a lot more deer the next year. Every time. And at some point, that herd's going to out outgobble its capacity. It's going to out-eat its carrying capacity of the uh, habitat. And then they're going to lose their whole herd to some, some horrible disaster. Who knows what it'll be. Oh, well... That's just kind of the way they do it up there. No answer, no what. I bet you, you know, I bet what it is, they always, they see that four-digit number coming out of here. I don't know if, if our lines do that, but I know the ones out of KPRC do that. When we call off of our warm lines, it shows up on caller ID as a four-digit number. All right, well, let me, let's make sure, let me make sure we're dialing the correct number, and I'm 99% sure we are. Where did it go here? Okay, there's that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's this, that, can't that, 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 and then the last, and then there's a couple of numbers in the last two are 43. Yeah, we're we're calling him on the correct number. Oh well. So let me go back to this whole neutering thing. You got a hundred hundred deer out there, and you need boy, you need to keep them from overpopulating. And you go out and you trap yourself a dozen bucks, and you feel really good about it. And you realize that you just left probably thirty of them fully capable of inseminating the does on that island. Uh, there's not going to be any fewer fawns that year than there were the year prior. 
And that's what a lot of these jurisdictions that are just trying so hard to get it all correct, but don't want to do it the hard way, which well, it's actually the easy way. It's just to eliminate some of those deer. You're going to have to take deer out because that even if there's only one buck left and all of those does are in heat, they're they're going to stay that way until they until they get find a boyfriend. Whew. It's not a good idea for them to do it that way, but they've been doing it that way for a long time at taxpayer expense. Oh, well. Hey, Aaron, what's up, man? Hey, how much? Yeah, turn your radio down. It'll be a whole lot easier, man. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, not much. Doug. There we go. Heading up north to visit my son. But, uh, man, I was down at the beach on Wednesday in the afternoon. The surf was really nice. I, you know, I saw some of that, man. I didn't get to go, but I saw it. How big did it get? Uh, I went down there and I drove down by the jetty, you know, where everybody surfing and it was crowded all the old, all us old guys sure. down there but i had a picnic planned so we went down past uh i can't say the word on the radio but you know where it is north of uh town there oh the sure beach and uh it was breaking nice down there third sandbar just kicking nice and clean yeah that's the fun you know the, the older you get the, the less you really worry about how big it is and i i would I'd take a waist-high clean wave any day these days, man. It's just nice and fun surf. Yeah, so I uh, we set up. I had a little picnic planned with the lady, and we we were setting up the tarp, and uh, I knocked this uh, big tube of concrete onto my toe. You ought to see my toe. Oh. It is poor. And then I paddled out and surfed. I caught one wave, and, it, and I came in. But <laughs> <laughs> Just to prove you were tough enough to do it. And I, and then they had fireworks after dark. Oh wow! I bet they did. Serious fireworks. Holy cow, man! How about that? Good but for it, you. Anyway, now well, I'm going up to shoot guns and help my son work on his house. Oh, you got a full day ahead of you. Yes, sir. Well, I appreciate your show. Thank you, man. I need to go catch some fish. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm watching, it was kind of funny watching that guy on the surf cam a minute ago. Let me see if they're still out there. Yeah, they've got to know each other because one guy is fishing and the other guy is, it's got to be a kid trying to learn to surf. And he is trying to learn to surf in the smallest waves. I, uh, a squirrel could barely catch a wave in this stuff, man. And he's But he's out there <laughs> grinding, you know, I'll give him credit. And he's not going to get beat up, so he'll... He'll get a little taste of it, and he'll have some fun. Oh, now he's paddled out in front of, I guess it's his dad, to try and catch whatever he thinks is some rogue wave coming his way. All right, well, thanks, man. I appreciate the call, Aaron. Have a good time today, buddy. Thanks. I try to stay away from fish hooks. Yeah, do that, will you? Holy cow. I'll see you. Adios. All right, that was Aaron. Let's go talk to, where'd it go? Let's go talk to Ronnie. What's up, Ronnie? Morning, how you doing? I'm good, man. I got I got a yeah, I've got two ball games this afternoon, one, 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 three of my grand. And I see these fishing guys wearing fishing masks. Yeah. Are they going to be more comfortable easier to wear those crazy masks that we have to wear? Yeah, I think uh, just a regular fishing buff is certainly allowable. That's uh, that's fair game. Almost 
And this is what makes it kind of you got to scratch your head. You can just put about anything over your face, and that's an acceptable face covering. Right. You know, you could hang a Venetian blind over your face, and that would technically yeah. be acceptable. But yeah, that fishing buff, I've done that a lot when we first got started with all this before I could readily and easily find those masks to put on. I just grabbed my fishing buffs and wore them into the stores. No problem at all. Now you you got to understand one thing about that is that it is going to cover it's going to cover your neck it's going to cover your your face and it'll be probably a little bit warmer than the mask would be but that's you know that's just kind of up to you if you don't mind that now if you're not going to wear if you're going to wear a regular mask then you better put some sunscreen on that bare neck man because it's going to be hot outside today and that sunshine's going to going to gobble you up they play to be hot. Yeah, you'll, you'll be all right. How long you got to be out today? Uh, they play again at three. Oh, well, yeah, I got noon and four myself. I'll be out there suffering with you, buddy. Okay. All right, man. Thanks, Ronnie. Yeah, we'll see. Adios. Got a little bit of a weird connection there. I apologize for that. All right, we found Jason. So here's what I'm going to do. Instead of going to him now when we're just about a minute from a break, we'll take this break early. And when we get back, I will bring him up and we'll have more time to talk to Jason Short about getting started with your uh, you first-time gun owners and maybe either first-timers or those of you who own a gun but can't hardly remember where it is or how to shoot it. And there's people like that out there. They put a gun away and it just collects dust wherever it's sitting until hopefully it's never needed. But if it is, you better remember how to operate that thing. Welcome back to the Doug Pike Show. Thanks for listening. Certainly do appreciate it. I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time here. I've got a lot to talk about with Jason Short. Hey, Jason Short, what's up, man? Hey, how are you? I'm good. How's Texas doing Gun Club good. doing? Texas Gun Club's doing great. Being kind of crazy busy lately? Uh, it is It is crazy busy. You know, this uh, this COVID thing and, and uh, uh, protests got people, you know, a little, sure. little concerned, and so they're 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 doing, in my opinion, the right thing and and getting ready. Some some new buying new guns and and some dusting off those old guns, like you, like you said prior to the break. Sure, lots, and I mean lots of new gun owners in this country now. Many uh, probably who would have never considered owning a gun until the world changed. I'm all for people uh, being willing and able to defend themselves, but I'm concerned about their ability to do it under pressure. And with that. Uh, let's let's talk about that. How many how many never before gun owners have you guys had come through the doors in the past couple of months? Um, I don't know that I could even put a count on wow. that. I could maybe get closer to a percentage. Um, okay. I, I I'd say I'd say we're we're at we're looking at probably fifty yeah. percent of our gun sales over the past quarter have been new gun new gun never never before gun wow. and I'm, new gun I'm guessing they just about wiped out every piece of inventory you had huh they, they did it was it, wow. uh, inventory was a challenge for quite some time but uh you know we did we did really well our guys um our guys worked hard we planned ahead so we've got plenty of ammo and uh man we just got a huge shipment of guns in this past weekend oh, so we finally uh-huh. got some glocks and things that have been off the shelves nationally for a while so 
um, yeah, we, we're, we're doing pretty well on inventory right now. Thank goodness. So of all these new gun owners coming through the store, how many of them were interested enough to ask, actually ask you guys what type of gun they should buy, whether they were better off with a shotgun or a handgun, something like that? Yeah. So, so you know, we, we, we do take an approach of, of trying to fulfill what the customer needs. But uh, we we ask them questions, uh, you know, what's what what's their plan, what's their use, and that helps us guide them. If they say, you know, personal defense only, I'm never going to carry. It's going to be at my home. You know, we might lead them to a to a shotgun or something like that. But sure. um, for the most part, they all come in kind of, you know, they've talked to somebody they know and and they've given some advice, so they think they know and and and. Uh, just come in looking. They want a handgun, or they want a shotgun, or they're, or they're looking for something, you know, for a rifle. Now, because they don't know about the firearms, of course, you know, there, there's a lot, a lot more discussion about uh, the type of firearm and what what fits them and and what would work for them given their circumstances. Yeah, that's the truth. There's a lot more to it than just owning a gun. How about Absolutely. speaking of? Yeah, how what percentage of these people? You're standing right there in a place that's got a gun range at Texas Gun Club. How many of them signed up for some mm-hmm. range time or some instruction? Yes. So we <laughs> doesn't we sound good, do Jason. A good job of getting them, uh, getting that first time gun buyer uh, into a in, into a first shots class. Yeah. So one of the cool things that we do um, is we we partner with the National Shooting Sports Foundation which is the industry trade association for the shooting industry um, to provide a program called first shots. It's really cheap. It's like 25 bucks and they'll even give you a coupon if you fill out some questions and, and pay them back for it. So it's basically free wow. for the yeah. customer, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a 30 minute uh, range safety orientation, you know, show them, Hey, this is the trigger, you know, that ends the, the, the dangerous thing, mm-hmm. they, you know, keep that, keep that pointed that way. So we do get a lot of first time shooters, uh, into at least that course, and then you know most of them want to want to take the license to carry, and 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 um, you know you know Doug, my issue is that most of the folks they take the license to carry, but they don't take an actual how do you shoot class, and license to carry is a legal class; it's, mm-hmm. it's not a how to shoot class. Yeah, that's a big difference too. Jason Short from Texas Gun big Club difference. on here. While while we're here, let's talk about the. Let's talk about that difference between shooting paper targets with ear and eye protection and having to grab yes, and maybe use a gun when the alarm's going off at three in the morning. It's a big difference, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's um, yes. You can't even quantify the difference. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very easy to shoot at a uh, non-moving, non-threatening paper target in a controlled environmental atmosphere. So um, this is uh, another one of the reasons why we've desi- designed our range the way we did. We have um, a couple bays with um, uh, premium target retrieval systems that are um, made by Action Target. So they're 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 on on the high end. They rotate 360 degrees, fully programmable. Um, we've even added uh, some red, white, blue strobe lighting, so customers can do strobe training, which enhances or helps train hyper focus Mm -hmm. but but you've got to do things you've got to train when you're on the range even if you're on an indoor range you've got to train and get that blood pressure up 
Yeah. Because trying- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And to get your gun out of a concealed position uh, while someone's trying to kill you is it's not easy. Just ask any police officer that oh, no had to work the street. I mean, it's. It's insane to think about, and those those guys are trained. So for for somebody that has never shot before and been to the license to carry course once, I mean, it's it's essentially it's it's impossible. It just isn't going to happen. I got into uh, a simulator years ago when they first came yeah. out. One of those three, you know, it's surround video things yeah. where you just don't yeah. know what's coming. And my scenario was a convenience store, and that yeah. was the most intense it was so much more intense than i ever expected it to be and you know they, Correct, they lay out yeah. what's going to happen and and you're just going in there you need to grab some milk on the way home and all of a sudden a couple of guys bust in there with guns and and you've got your concealed carry gun on you and now what are you going to do and they're screaming okay. going on and they can they can simulate for when they train with uh Law enforcement, they can simulate lights and sirens. They can simulate weather changes, all of that stuff. And it was incredibly intense. You talk about blood pressure coming up. And I knew in the back of my head, I knew it was all fake. But it's still like, holy cow, what do I do now? It was was very interesting. It's so much different than regular range. It is so much different. And we have a a, a fire simulator at the Texas Club. Um, And we, we have a program that's called, we call it ALERT. Okay. Advanced Lethal Encounter Response uh, Training, and so it's it's this training that that's kind of like you're talking about. You work with an instructor, uh, uh, and and we take you through a 90 minute intensive uh, where we from the start of the scenario all the way through the 911 call and police response. Holy cow! So so it it is intense, and those those scenarios, while not real. Um, you know, if you've never encountered or been trained for anything like that, it, it gives you a sense of, 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 of what's happening and you've got to make a decision. Do I get involved? Mm-hmm. Should I just be a good witness? It, can I win? Because if you decide to get involved, you better win. Yeah, no kidding. Right? Yeah, you don't want to be second yeah, place so in a gunfight. No, no, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. No, 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 uh, no points in second place in a gunfight. Yeah, and there's, there's a so, lot of... Uh, there are a lot of levels, Jason, as you know, between I just bought my gun and I, I put some holes in paper, and uh, I got a, another a friend who's an instructor who's he said, Doug, I'm trained to in in the dark with my off hand. If 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 I get shoot shot in my shooting hand, I can I can clear a jammed round and re rack and, yeah. and reshoot with my off hand. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah. There's a lot between there and first time. It, it, the the average homeowner doesn't really need to be that good, but they certainly have to be at least a couple of levels up to to protect uh, themselves, don't they? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and and I'd say I'd say if you're going to own a gun, you, you better be able to do all those things because yeah. um, Mur- Murphy's law applies to the civilians, not just the military. 
you know, we always Private Private Murphy was always in our way in the in the military and training and and back and and, and downrange Iraq and Afghanistan. So always, you know, what what can go wrong will go wrong. Mm-hmm. That's what we said on every mission. Yeah. So so we plan for that, and so um, you know, likewise, homeowners need to need to need to plan for that. So you know, at Texas Gun Club, we have what, what we call the path to proficiency. And so we, we welcome new shooters. Um, a lot of people are embarrassed. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm 40, I'm 50. I've, I've hunted all my mm-hmm. life, but I've never owned a handgun or I've, I'm, you know, heck, I'm a man and I've never owned a gun or I'm a woman in Texas and I've never owned a gun. Well, hey, we're it's okay, okay with that. Sure. We, we love that. Come, come buy a gun, but, but let us get you on the path of proficiency. And that starts with a, first shots class and then we get you into a handgun 101 and then then you're ready maybe for the license to carry and then let's get you into a handgun 201 so so we have two schools at the texas gun club that under our firearms university program one is called gun slingery uh, academy and one is called gun fighter academy our gun slinger academy is shooting sport focused it's 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 uh led by a professional shooter named jp goodry Who's nationally ranked three gunner and he teaches the shooting, uh, the, the skills from a shooting sports, right. uh, concept, uh, which is great getting people to be accurate and fast and on target. Um, and then we have the gun fighter program, which teaches people. We translate those skills that you learn in gun slinger, uh, and we translate those to, to real world situations mm-hmm. where, you know, you're cl- maybe clearing rooms or, uh, you know, those kinds of things so that, so that, uh, you're, you're prepared, uh, you know, concealed, drawn from a concealed holster, uh, holster work in general, um, uh, lines of fire, uh, just, you know, there's, there's a lot that, that goes into those classes and it, it takes some time. I mean, you gotta be committed to it, but, you know, somebody's committed. They shoot once a week. They come train with us once a week within a, within a year. Uh, you, you, you could be a really, uh, proficient with yeah. your firearm yeah. in, in a variety of scenarios. Let's go back, Jason, for a minute to, to handguns and, and talk caliber. Too many people, I think, uh, believe yeah. that a gun's a gun. If you shoot somebody, they're just going to fall down in their tracks. Yeah. In, in a life or oh, death yeah. scenario, to li- you got to eliminate that threat, which means to me that if you're, if you're going to rely on a gun, it better be able to do its job, even if your aim's a little off or you can only get off one round. It's It's got to count yeah. with that first shot doesn't it and you that means being a big enough gun 100 you, you well you've got to stop the threat and and that's what we do you know we, yeah. we 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 correct people as often as we can with saying listen there's nobody shooting to kill we don't we don't train that way the police no. don't train that way the military doesn't train that way um we we, we shoot uh, at the largest part of the target that we can because under stress that's what you're most likely to hit yeah but um you you need two things you need a gun that works i see too many people buying cheap guns um that that may or may not go bang when you need it and that's that's number one is Mm. is follow the first rule of gunfighting uh bring it bring a gun right yeah so so that's number one number two is bring a gun that works uh and number three um Win, win the gunfight, and you can only do that if you have the right right caliber gun. So, when we when we look at calibers, um, the, the 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 gun world, uh, law enforcement, military, uh, in general, is going back to the nine millimeter. Mm-hmm. Over the last two decades, the the ammunition has improved uh, tremendously. Right, the the technology. 
for the for the defensive round has improved tremendously. So right. it's very consistent, very reliable. And so and so and and nine millimeter is cheap. So when we talk about law enforcement, you know, we need reliable, but we need cost effective, mm-hmm. and we need that for the civilians too. So so the nine millimeter is a very reliable ammunition at this point. When I was in law enforcement way back decades uh, decades ago, uh, we went from the nine millimeter to the forty five because you weren't getting the stops on on shots, right. uh, you know, um, with with a, with a nine millimeter. Um, it wasn't the, the hydro shot wasn't expanding sometimes or whatever, but so we went to the 45. Now, 45, you can count on that to stop, stop a threat, but it's also a great big gun for most people. Yeah, so, you know, you got to get that in between. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, what, what I tell, what I tell our customers is, is number one is carry a gun. If the only gun you'll carry and the only gun you'll shoot is a 22, then then carry a 22, sure. but let's learn how to use a 22 and use it effectively because one round's not going to do it. Right. Um, but if you can carry a, a, a nine, carry a nine. Um, the 40 caliber is a great caliber, but it's heading, you know, it's kind of heading out. Um, you know, the, 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 um, uh, federal government round that was really popular with the FBI, Secret Service that, uh, um, they carried the P229 and mm-hmm. the 357 state caliber. Those are all kind of, kind of going away slowly but surely hey jason can you hang on for just a minute we're going to take a little break and sure. i got a few more all questions right, for you maybe take a couple of phone calls all right if you got something you want to ask jason about a gun and you're a first timer and you're embarrassed what a better way to do it than through the anonymity of radio 713-212-5790 or you could shoot me an email on the way out Give me one second here. 8.35 on Sports Talk 790, the Doug Pike Show. Thank you for listening. We've got Jason Short from Texas Gun Club on the phone talking about gun ownership and knowing what you're doing, basically. And I've got uh, a couple of phone calls lined up, a couple of emails to deal with. We'll start with the phone calls. Let's do that, Jay. Let me get Jason back on the phone. Hold on. There you are. You're back here, Jason. Back with me. We got a couple of people got some questions for you. Hold on. Oh, hold on. Yeah, hang on. I got to lock you. I got that. Oh, now I remember. I got to lock him in. Hang on. There we go. Now he's locked in and I can go to this call. Dane, what's up, man? You got a question for Jason? Yeah. Hey, good morning. Morning. Uh, I'm a long time listener. First time caller. Okay. Uh, Doug, I. uh, I, uh, I thoroughly enjoy listening to your uh, your show. Thank uh, you. Very uh, very well spoken. Uh, very enjoyable. Very informative. Uh, I'm a uh, old sporting goods manager and uh, been a member of like three different bass clubs. Now I don't fish anymore, but I, I have recently bought a pistol. Okay. And, and uh, never had a pistol in the family except for a BB gun. Uh, went down here to uh, a place down here on Spring Cypress, and uh, uh, after all this going on, plus I was working at night, sure, need some keep wife at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I bought a nine millimeter. Uh, it's called a Sphinx, S P I N X, I believe. Uh, the gentleman assured me it was it was uh, made to very high tolerances and uh, very accurate. Uh, target, uh, I guess you call it a service pistol. 
Okay. Uh, maybe Switzerland. I don't know if you're uh, – I'll bet uh, Jason knows about them. I'm sure he does. What, what's your question about it, Dane? Well, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't even shot the thing yet. Uh-oh. I bought it about six months ago, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I'm uh, apprehensive, I guess you could say, about okay. uh, going in and training, and uh, uh, really don't not sure about uh, carrying. You know, your 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 uh, uh, to carry. Uh, a lot of times, uh, I believe that uh, uh, when you need to carry one is when you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> Well, let's let's uh, let, let me um, let me let Jason kind of take over here and maybe remove uh-huh. some of that apprehension you have and and give you sure. the confidence to take that thing to a range somewhere. Take it, Jason. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Dave, um, man, I'm glad you uh, glad you decided to get into the the, the firearm ownership. So I, I think it's a it's a right that that uh, that we we need to exercise and uh, but but definitely do it with with responsibility and. And, uh, man, that responsibility means to, to go get, go get some training. And, um, you know, one of the reasons why I built Texas Gun Club is, is because of my experiences throughout the years when I go to gun ranges. Um, there seemed to be a little bit of a culture of snubbing the nose at a new shooter. And, and it makes us as, you know, as just as people apprehensive about going and talking to somebody. Um, if they're going to embarrass me because I don't know what I'm doing. And, and, and you know, as men, uh, uh, and women for that matter, actually, you don't, you don't want to be embarrassed of, about something that you don't know. But um, I know mm-hmm. for sure at Texas Gun Club, like, we've built our business around the, the, the welcoming of new shooters and customer service. So whatever your need is, just bring that gun. Come in and say, hey, I just got this, and I need to – um, learn how to use it and, and, and we'll, we'll take it from there. We'll help you from there get started. Um, and, and actually, you know, even the other gun ranges around our community, I don't, I'm not sure where you're, where you're at, but, um, you know, the, the gun ranges around, around the Houston area, um, are, are doing, are doing well. They're doing better. They've, they've, um, you know, many have changed ownerships and, and have a similar mm-hmm. focus as we do. Um, so, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah spring. Uh, I, I, I know. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be dropping names and all that. But uh, no, it's okay. Now I'll uh, tell you that those guys up there. Spring, you know, go up there see spring, spring guns spring. and ammo. Those guys are good guys. Yes, sir. That's where I bought the uh, pistol. And uh... okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I looked at a Glock, uh, and he had about five pistols laid out there, from cheapest to most expensive, or from. Uh, uh, minimal, uh, uh, I guess you could say, tolerance to maximum. And I I, I, I get the uh, NRA. Hey, hey, Dane, I don't mean to interrupt you, buddy, but I got a bunch of calls lined up here, and I want to get to them, okay? 
Go find okay. your, yeah, go go grab yourself some instruction somewhere. I think that's that's the first step. Don't be scared, man. These guys aren't going to embarrass you. They're not going to they're not going to look down their nose cuz you've that's never right. shot just but you got to you got to be man enough and and I've had to do this in different things in life. Just walk in and say I have no idea what I'm doing here. Start me from scratch. And they'll take that's care right. of you. Okay. Don't worry. All right? Uh, don't worry about you heard, guns, Dave. Have you have you heard of a Sphinx? Brand? So, so not that brand, but I, I've heard of the manufacturer that their their parent uh, company. The manufacturer is Chris, and it's it, they make a lot of um, kind of precision or unique type of firearms. Mm-hmm. It's a decent mm-hmm. firearm ma- manufacturer. So, so yeah, go okay. go be confident in that, and and uh, um, you know, doesn't work out for you, trade it in, get you a different one. But right. first thing okay. is get that training. That training transfers. All right, thank you, Dane. I appreciate it, man. I got to run. My Let's pleasure. go get talk to John here. What's up, John? Well, I have, I have two things. I'm I'm comfortable and confident with the shotgun and rifle. Um, I've only had a uh, pistol in my hand once or twice, and had a friend or um, sort of show me through it. And, and it made me very uncomfortable in two facets. One is, it seems most of the handguns are semi-automatic, and you and they tend to not have a safety, which as a hunter type scares the bejesus out of me. And secondly, they tend to have a, you keep a round in the chamber. And uh, I go, I don't like a round in the chamber and no safety bothers me, of course. Um, And secondly, um, I'm a little bit older, have a little arthritis in my hand. And so, so pulling the action back to chamber around is kind of hard for me. I, I can't imagine a female with these guns, Managing that? Am I am I missing something here? And so those are some right. two different facets. Right, let me yeah. let me get let me let um, Jason answer your questions there. And uh, hang on, yeah, go ahead, Jason. Okay, hey, great, great. And and these are these 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 are three really really great points that you're you're making. So um, first first to the, um, the 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 you've hunted, you've you've had rifles and shotguns, but not handguns. So, so that's great. One of the things that you're a little step ahead on is that the shooting fundamentals are the same for every weapons platform, for every firearms platform. They just are applied differently. So your sight alignment, uh, uh, your, your sight picture, your, your, your stance, uh, grip, all of those things, uh, are the same, cons- uh, principally just applied differently. So, but the handgun is a different platform. So, um, this is one of the most common misconceptions or common things we see at the at the Texas Gun Club is that people come in and oh I know what I'm doing I've been you know I hunted with my daddy's shotgun when I was 12. Okay, well that shotgun is not a handgun. They are different, and so you, you know get training for the handgun, and 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 that will that will help uh, you understand the handgun. The second part of your your um, your conversation or question is about carrying loaded um, and not having safeties. So, so the, that that is a, a big discussion in, in the handgun self-defense world because the safety on a on a handgun um, needs to be there because it must be there, not because uh, it's we're comfortable with that on rifles and shotguns. And a safety on a handgun doesn't keep kids safe. Keeping guns out of kids' hands keeps kids safe. Right. So, so the safety on a on a handgun is there for like a Colt 45 1911 that's required to be carried around in the chamber with a hammer cock. 
in a you know very light trigger pull that you you got to have an external safety on there. That's why they do. But on a Glock 19, that's a double action only striker fire. There's no hammer on that gun. Um, it doesn't. It only re- there's only safeties on those guns as California law requires it because all of the safeties are built internally. When we carry around in the chamber of a gun that's designed to be carried for self-defense, there's actually internal, um, there's a steel block that sits between the firing pin and the bullet that makes it physically impossible for that gun to go off without physically pulling the trigger. So, so there are a lot of other safeties, um, in those guns. And, and, and of course the gun, there's a variety of guns out there, the um, variety of, of, of makes and models and, and types of actions. And so, um, you know, we would want to talk you through what you're comfortable with. And the bottom line is, if you if you are just comfortable having an external safety on a firearm, well, they make those, and we can get you into those. But that's a training element. Having a safety on a firearm will will that adds a step if you need to do something. And then the second part of that is, if you don't have a round in the chamber, now under duress, while someone's trying to kill you, you've got to get your gun out, load it chamber around, take a safety off, and then try and engage someone who's trying to kill you. Hey, so, J- Jason. so it's just an added step. Oh, hey, Jason, stop, man. Believe it or not. Hey, John, I appreciate the call, buddy. we got to take another break. You tough enough to go to the top with me? Jason. Sure, man. All right, stand if You by. want to keep me on? If that's uh, you, yeah, I, I want to get to these other questions because there's a couple of good ones online, right. and then i got a couple of guys on hold, too, and I want to get to them all. Eight fifty on Sports Talk seven ninety. Let's get right to it, shall we? Let me get Jason back up here. I'll lock him in, and we will go straight to Van. What's up, Van? Well, I've got a uh, a daughter, a mom of two, a responsible person mm-hmm. who wants to be able to carry a gun. She lives out of state, up in Virginia, but comes back to her native Houston to visit pretty often. She wants to go to a gun range. Uh, in my younger days, I was a gun nut. I've got all kinds of things, but I don't have a revolver other than the judge, and that's too much pistol to carry. Yeah, that so, is. So uh, to give her a trouble-free gun, uh, would a revolver, say a thirty-eight, be more appropriate for a woman in her young 60s, or uh, would, say, a, a Beretta or something like that be okay, or even a Glock? Sure. Uh, can you kind of address that? That's And then the last part of my question if I take her to a gun range, can we rent a pistol? And if we decide to buy it, buy it on the spot after she's used it and feels comfortable with it. That's essentially where I'm coming from. Perfect. Thanks, Van. I appreciate it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go and let him um, give you the answers right now. Thank you. You bet. Fire away, Jason. No problem. All right. Intended. So, so just the, thank you for the question. For the last part, yes, we have a full fleet of gun rentals. And if we have it available to purchase, you can, you can buy that gun that day. Um, as far as uh, a, a revolver, is a revolver versus a, a semi-auto and what's best for somebody? You know, that, that's an argument um, firearms worlds are, will argue forever. Sure. Um, I would recommend for somebody uh, new um, uh, that trying to get, you know, it's hard to work those those action, lock the slide back. The uh, Smith & Wesson um, 9 Easy or 380 Easy was designed exactly for that purpose. It's a great shooting gun. 
Um, and that's the one I would recommend to get started or a, a revolver. Revolvers are going to tend to be a little bit larger round, like a 38 caliber. That's a lot to handle for somebody new to the sport. So, um, those are opinions. You might find other opinions elsewhere, but I'd say the, the latter part of the question, come in and shoot some, see what you think, and let's find the right gun uh, for the right person. That sounds perfect to me. Let's go and make sure you're locked in. Yeah, we are. Let's get to Tim here. What's up, Tim? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. One thing really nobody talks about, but what I experienced after I had my Lasix surgery, yep. I had to retrain myself how to damn shoot. Oh, wow. <laughs> when my, when my vision... When my vision got better, and I never realized how much I was overcompensating because I didn't, because I wasn't seeing well. And it's just, it's just important, even if you're wearing glasses and get a new prescription, you know, uh, you know, go to a range. And yep. Couldn't agree with you more. Try Tim. it out. Couldn't agree yeah. more. Did you have a but question? That, no, that was okay. it. I just oh, wanted perfect. to say that. All right. Well, thank you, okay. Tim. Yeah, and I agree. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, I was just saying I agree with him. Yeah. Go to the range. You got you've got to shoot your gun. You got to train. Yeah, whether I don't care whether you got new glasses, old glasses, LASIK, yeah. whatever. Just go shoot. Yeah. The more you shoot, the more comfortable and proficient you're gonna be. All right, so Mark's got a question here. What about three eighty against nine? Yes. So so obviously three eighty has a little less uh punch to it. It's uh but it is a it is approximately the same diameter, and you can get defensive rounds. Um, I would trust a 380 as a defensive gun. Uh, the the drawbacks are 380 is a little more expensive, so over the long term, you'll buy more on ammunition, um, and you know you just have a little less a little less punch. Now, you know handguns are designed for you know uh, that 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 close encounter self defense, last resort self defense. So. Um, 380 is, is okay. I don't, I don't have any issues with that. I would just say if you can, if you can handle a nine, um, then I would, I would go with a nine, but not out of any reason that the 380 is bad. It's just buy as much caliber as, as you can that you can afford that you like to shoot. That will do the trick. That will, that will, that will stop the threat. Yeah, it's got to be comfortable, and that comfort is is necessary for confidence. If you're if you're wrestling a gun that's way too much gun for you, you're standing there with a you weigh a hundred pounds soaking wet, and you're standing there with a forty five in your hands, it's going to jump all over the place, and you're probably not going to be confident with it. Yeah. But if you can put that little put a three eighty in your hands and just be jamming that target every time, that's a whole lot better for you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so or, or work your way up even. You know, we see yeah. way too often guys bringing in their, their wives or their daughters and putting a big, you know, a big 45. Oh, man, don't even get me started on they, people like that. They have a miserable experience. Sure. They never want to shoot again. And we, we, that, that, we just want everybody that comes in to have a great shooting sport experience. And so, so um, you know, it's okay to start off small and work your way up. Get used to it and... And you know, I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, we're we're talking about this on a, on a sports talk show too, because shooting is a sport. It's a generational sport. Sure, it is. things we can do as families long term, and there's a lot more to it than just self defense. A lot more to it, Jason. Thanks so much, buddy. I really do appreciate it. Yes, sir. 
Jason Short from Texas Gun Club. All right, we're going to move on. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll come. Yeah, I'm going to come we'll see, see you. I, I live three minutes from there, man. i got to come shake your hand. Well, we'll fist bump or Absolutely. something. How's that? All right. Any 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 time, man, and I ain't afraid to shake hands. <laughs> we got to get back to life. We yeah, get back to living normal. All right, buddy. Thanks, Jason. All right, man. See Texas man. Gun Club. We'll see you on the You range. bet. Bye-bye. All right. Oh, man, somebody just popped in here. Let me see who it is. Well, we lost Jason, Ronnie, but maybe maybe I can help. Okay, it's, this is nothing. I wanted to make a comment. I'm a okay. police officer. Oh, One yes, sir. We need to understand is they need to go to the range and not get one instruction because if you are in a gunfight, which unfortunately I have been in, mm. you don't aim the gun. You have to practice drawing and firing because that's what you do. You don't aim. Yeah, that's if a good you, point. If you don't hold the gun right, you don't know what you're doing, you're going to be lost anyway, so... Go to that range and get those guys to give you draw and fire instructions. That's a, you know what? That's probably eighty percent of, especially in self defense. It's probably ninety percent of just drawing and raising that weapon because you don't have time to sit there and try to eyeball the sight and no, get sir, everything no. lined up. That's all over then, isn't it? it yes, sir. It's draw and fire. I mean, you don't have time to think. You don't have the time. To, all you have time to do is draw and fire. This draw and fire is to protect yourself. And the only way you're going to do that is practice. I promise you, I practice once a month. But they, they go to somebody like Jason or somebody that way, and, and the instruction you want is draw and fire, not aim and shoot. Ooh, isn't that the truth? I hadn't even thought about that, but that's so important. It's When that thing comes up, it better be already pointed where it's got to go. And that's that comes from repetition. That's why you practice once a month. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's great. great point, Ronnie. Thanks a ton, man. Okay. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Wow, that was a very good call right there. That's a very good point to bring up. You don't have time in a self-defense situation to aim and fire. And, hey, if you – by the way, if, if there's somebody listening right now who doesn't own guns, doesn't like guns, I got no quarrel with you whatsoever. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. I'm not going to tell you what you need to do. That's up to you. I'm just going to let you know that it's a good idea to be safe. And you can do it however you want to do it. I'm I'm not I'm not saying everybody should own a gun, but for those of us who want to own them, if you're going to have one, be proficient with that thing and be be ready. Uh, whatever comes your way. 713-212-5790. Email me Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. Good heavens, things are moving quickly here. This is the Doug Pike Show, brought to you by Stub Cycles. Still rolling strong after 50 years. Now, here's Doug Pike. 902 on Sports Talk 790. Pretty good conversation there with Jason Short from over at Texas Gun Club. If you're going to be a gun owner, you got to be a good one. you got to be a responsible one. you got to do it right. And um, doing it wrong could just cause all kinds of problems that's the one i think the one biggest mistake people make maybe when buying a first firearm is not committing to the training to get better ronnie calls and lets you know that I mean, he's practicing once a month and i think that's a minimum that any of us should be on the range and when he talks about it though he's going and he's burning a lot of powder he's going through a lot of rounds probably to make sure that he's He's on his game. He 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 remembers everything that goes with it. I think that it wouldn't hurt any of us who own guns to be more proficient than we are now. 
there are so many levels of skills, so many levels of training, and so much between just first-time buyer, first-time owner of a gun, all the way up through people who are trained to to put a stop to whatever's in front of them. There's, there's some really high-end gun training that I certainly hope I never need. I just I don't want any part of that. So that's enough of that for now. Let me check the email real quick and make sure I didn't miss any any questions. I want to do that. Uh, Dan Wade in said I've got a 32 revolver. Um, oh goodness gracious! Yeah, that's that's not a bad start though. He's got her starting just with a little pellet pistol. That's fine. Get comfortable with the just the thought of holding and firing a gun. And I think it's also important as with anything else, really, to get professional instruction. And, and probably more so, more so with shooting than with golf or fishing or any of that, because the consequences with guns, are the stakes are so much higher. You need professional instruction. And professional instructors are going to get you proficient and confident far faster than anybody else. Jason kind of hit the nail on the head when he talked about people bringing in their wives or girlfriends and putting in their hands a gun that's just too heavy and too powerful for them to control. And for some reason, there are still a couple of people on the, on the planet who think that's funny and who think that's no big deal. I, I, I really have issue with people doing that. I really have issues with people doing that. 713-212-5790. Email me, DougPike at iHeartMedia.com. Uh, Mark weighed in. He says, I saw some fancy guns with laser, laser sights on them and thought that would be a great idea. But the guy at the store said that only slows you down because you want to aim, but you don't have time. That is a very good point. And the guy in the store was right. You don't want to have to stand there till you can find the red dot. As Ronnie was saying, you need to be trained to draw and fire because you don't have time for all of that stuff. You just don't have time. All right, let's go to golf. Okay, let's let's shift gears and, and lighten it up a little bit and go back to golf and go look at the Workday Charity Open being held up in Dublin, Ohio. Same track, by the way. For next week's memorial, same track. That's Jack's course, by the way, in case you didn't know. Jack uh, Jack Nicholas, the host of that event. Or no, excuse me, that's, never mind. I've gotten myself off track, Palmer. All right, so right now, after two rounds going into round three, Colin Morikawa leading the pack by a sleeve at 13 under par. Followed by Kevin Streelman, Justin Thomas at 10, Sam Burns, Hideki Matsuyama at 9, Victor Hovland at 8. And if I can get all these dad, dad jokes buttons off of here, I can scroll down and tell you who's at 7 under par. Yeah, there's only three of those guys. Ian Poulter, Chase Siffert, and Rory Sabatini. Patrick Reed at 6, if anybody was wondering. Kucher also at 6, and Oostweizen at 6, along with some other guys. But not as big a names, if you will. They will be contending for, I think the purse on that one's about $6 million, I want to say. The purse for, let's see, real quickly. 
Uh, Rocket Mortgage Memorial Workday Charity. Uh, it doesn't show on here because, it, well, yeah, the purse is 6.2. Next week, when they go to the Memorial Tournament, the really big one, purse jumps to $9.3 million. Good heavens, money's gone up in golf. I hope my son can work that swing his swing of his out. That'd be nice to see him go that way as a, a living. That would be fun. I think he's got I think he's got the raw skills, but he's gonna at some point, not now, I want him to just play as many sports as he can. He's playing baseball now. We're probably gonna do some tennis soon. Uh, he'll get back into the golf tournaments. The hardest hardest part is just getting him to all the tournaments. That's the hard part in golf is getting to all those tournaments because they do play a lot when they start getting into super competitive golf. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. There's a couple of other things I wanted to do in the outdoors world since that was really that the work day is, is a good tournament, but it's not the, the biggest one. Certainly the memorial next week will be a little bit uh, bigger deal. There is a study being conducted now. By, well, let me go talk to... Do I need to talk to John? Okay, never mind. There's a study being conducted now by the Parks and Wildlife Department. And this is kind of a... It's an interesting thing, really. They are going to implant trackers, electronic trackers. In the studies, it started in May. They've got the... They're trying to get 50 fish total. They're going to do 20 fish. These are all bass. 20 bass on Toledo Bend. 30 bass on Lake Fork. And these transmitters are going to continue pinging out their locations on these fish for about a year and a half to two years. And they're guessing it may take them up to two and a half years total to complete all the study and, and generate the results. But what they're trying to do is figure out whether or not, and I could save them a lot of trouble if they just call me, figure out whether or not fish are responding to increased traffic on these lakes by changing their habits, changing their feeding patterns, changing where they go based on boat traffic. Anybody who has ever fished a shallow bay shoreline on the Texas coast knows what fish do when boats bother them. They bug out. They leave. They leave. They get out of there. It's no secret now, maybe bass are a little different. I do remember a study conducted many years ago that kind of followed that same line. And uh, followed the same line. And what it did was, I think there were maybe just a couple of bass involved. But what they would do was deliberately move on to a shoreline where they knew one of these bass was and make a big noise, a thump in the bottom of the boat. And when that thump hit that bottom of the boat, those fish took off and ran as far as 100 yards, sometimes 200 yards, rarely, but that they didn't stick around. They didn't want any part of it. They got out of there as fast as they could. And that's the same thing they're doing in saltwater. It's, I don't know how much money they're going to spend on this study, but I think at least at the end of it, we will have more solid evidence that boat traffic matters to these fish now the good news is hey fish are fish they're gonna have to eat they're gonna have to come back and so you can go find them and maybe catch them or you can wait till they come back and maybe catch them and while they're not being caught i guess they have a chance to go do whatever they do to make more 
make more fish. It'll lay eggs and the eggs will get fertilized and we'll have more bass. I like the idea that they're doing more studying, but I think it's it's almost kind of just they're not trying to find out whether or not. They just want to confirm what we all know and maybe maybe get a better handle on how deep those fish go to get away from boats, how long they stay gone, how much of a change in patterns, because we kind of know from years and years of, of bass fishing experience in this state, we kind of know where to look for them from season to season. We know that they're going to move shallow to spawn. We know that they're going to move deep when the water gets super hot. And so it's fairly easy to figure out. But boy, won't it be nice to know for sure just how far those fish are going. I wish they'd do the same thing in saltwater. Tag a bunch of redfish and find out how far they booger out when somebody goes flying down that shoreline in a in a way too big boat that drafts next to nothing water. Running gun, boy, spook them out of there and then wait a few minutes and go right back in and go fish that same shoreline when you think they're coming back. Not a big fan of fishing that way, but... To each his own, I guess, as long as they don't run through my fish. Nine nineteen on Sports Talk seven ninety, the Doug Pie Show. Thank you for listening. Certainly do appreciate it. I'm gonna try the earbuds again for one time, see if it works. I changed adapters, and what's interesting is that the the sound quality of the music is it what's just tinny and it makes my voice sound tinny but at least it works and it keeps those big old heavy headphones off my head let's go talk to ed see what's on his mind what's up ed so uh you know don't worry about sounding tinny worry about a deviated septum no yeah and i got I, that, that going i've big got time. that constant nasal crap and i always sniffle when i talk i don't hear it unless i'm listening to a recording <laughs> or watching myself and like listening to a video of a deposition or something you're like mm. who the hell's snorting oh it's me <laughs> so you know your conversation about the bass was that because of the noise or what was the question about that with the tracking what was that project there well, according to this thing, it says this unique study uses radio transmitters implanted in the fish to track their movement and habits on both lakes to see if increased traffic and angling has influenced their yeah. behavior. Like, really, you think? And, that and, 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 yeah, but, but here's what's funny, and I think I shared this uh, with you previously. We were at Belton a couple, three weeks ago, and last year at the dam, I caught 12, and I lost a three-pound fish that would have cashed a nice smallmouth that would have cashed a check. Oh, wow. And we went back this year, and as soon as the hangovers wore off, out came the wake boats. <laughs> oh, God. And there was so much traffic at the dam, not only uh, – and just general disturbances. The fish were shut down and gone. And at least with bass fishing, you know, uh, where the fish are caught, all the tracking studies are all over the place in terms of where fish are caught and released and whether they return back to their habitat, right? right? But what the studies determined was that smallmouth do, largemouth may not – but the noise affects the fish. And this is something different. You may not, not, you may not even heard this. I don't know. Like probably six years ago, they were doing seismic testing in East Bay. I do and remember that. Sure. Bay, yeah, yeah. The entire yeah, yeah. bay went on shutdown. Boom. Shutdown. Yeah. No one was catching any fish. And it wasn't that there were fish kills. It was that the disruption in the water uh, just ran the fish off. Yeah, they're, they're not so, going to stick around for that. That's uncomfortable for yeah, them. There's no way they're sticking yeah, around for that. So you can stick these fish with as many transmitters as you want, but the reality is bass go deep. They shut down. They don't bite. You know what I mean? They go into a state of shock, and you just can't get them to eat. 
But with saltwater fishing and, and, and deeper, deeper impoundments that are more forage related for bass, especially, the bass are going to. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Follow the, follow the forage. Saltwater right. specifically is like that, except where you have a reef situation, right? The jetties the oil rigs, whatever the case may be, where you actually have an artificial habitat that draws the fish. But, uh, yeah, I'll tell you point blank. If it isn't the, if it isn't the wake boats and the thumping, booming bass from the hip-hop <laughs> uh, offset boats. Uh, you, right? know, you know, you can blame hip-hop all you want, but if you go back to when, when I was a teenager and we played our music as loud, I, the, the back speakers used to blow out just the same. We played it just as loud hey. as they do now. I would rather listen to loud Black Sabbath <laughs> or or something of that nature, where at least I can I can acknowledge that I'm killing brain cells willingly. It's because you're not a teenager, man. What yeah. can I say? All I can say <laughs> is this. All I can say is this. There is a device that's sold. It's called Bobo's Thumper, and it's used for stripers. And it's a device that goes in the bottom of the boat, and basically it's a kick pedal, as you would oh, have wow. for a bass drum, oh, wow. that bangs the bottom of the boat. Because you know, like offshore with Ling. Right. Yeah. You see, yeah. A, you want to get a ling up around the around a rig, bang the side of a boat a couple times. It'll come up That's and look true. around. So there is there is some of that out there for the different types of fishing that's available. But good lord. And yeah, well, I got to talk right. to you this morning, bro. It's too hot to fish, and it's too hot to play golf. Uh, no, it's not too hot to play golf. It's never too hot. Hey, to will play be. Golf. In t- well, it's not on the front line. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I might be good, good for about. Getting, I don't know if I'd want to walk. Thanks, Ed. Good to talk to you, man. See, See you, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, good guy right there. Knows what he's doing. He does a lot of fishing. He's quite good at it. All right, 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. I want to move forward and go, oh, I'll tell you this. This is a fun fact to know and tell. Domino's Pizza Box, the logo, think about it, three dots, right? That logo originally stood for the company's three locations, Three locations is all they had. That was back in 1969. They were going to add a dot, kind of like we've added stars to the flag for states. They were going to add a dot for each location they opened for every new store, but expanded way too fast to keep up. So now they've just decided to go ahead and have their 17,000 locations represented by three dots. Fair enough. It kind of stuck. Or Stuck? Really? Stuck? Stuck might be a better choice of a word. Maybe a word that actually exists. How did that fall in there? 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. Let's go back for a minute to the, the fishing generally around here and how saltwater fish react to boat traffic. If you've ever fished on the bay, you know that noise spooks fish. You know that if you throw an anchor over the side as opposed to just lowering it gently and not scraping the... Boy, it just drives me crazy when people sling an anchor out there. And the only thing that's worse, I think, is when somebody... That big splash definitely spooks fish. There's no question about that. But I think only worse would be when you 
when you hold the anchor gently over the side of the boat and then let it go and six feet of chain rattles across the side of the hull on the way down to the turnbuckle and then the rope that's attached to the anchor. All of that noise spooks fish, and it, sh it at the very least, if those fish are, are huddled up on an oyster reef, let's say, take Hannah's Reef, for example, those fish are stacked up on the shell waiting for food to be washed washed free of the shell or over the shell or however it finds its way to their mouths. And they hear that rattle, rattle, rattle. At the very least, even if they're not willing to give up the structure, they're going to go on high alert. And they're not going to eat for a little while. They're spooked. They're not comfortable. They're not relaxed. They're not in a feeding mode. And it can happen. I've seen it. I don't know how many times. I don't I don't fish every day, but I've been on that bay enough times in the last 40, 50 years to know that if you bang a an anchor, throw an anchor over the side or drag six feet of chain across the side of the boat putting your anchor out, you and everybody around you is might as well get ready for about a, at least 15, 20 minutes of nothing because it's just not going to happen. It's so much better, and I actually got a chance to to see how it's being done now versus back in the day. It was a light crowd on Hannah's Reef a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, whenever it was. Uh, Jerry Sutton and I went out there, and everybody was just kind of falling in line and drifting through there very quietly. You drift across there, let, the, let whatever bite you get happen, and then you fire up the engine once you get to the far end of the reef, and circle back around and make another drift. Now today, it might be a little more difficult. If you have a trolling motor, you can just about count on needing to use it to drift today. The wind, let me see if it's come up at all uh, since it got kicked off this morning. I'm going to go there, click this little reset button, and I will tell, oh, it's, yeah, it's way up there now. The Morgans, or uh, check that, the, yeah, Eagle Point, Wind right now dead west at four miles an hour on a 100 degree day. It is going to be a furnace on that. It already is probably. I'm sure it's 90 degrees out there at least right now with a four mile an hour heat bringing west wind. The highest wind velocity currently over water is along the beachfront at the Galveston Fishing Pier, and that's only seven miles an hour out of the southwest, which is just rushing right up the beach. If there's any clean water, it'll either be in the Bolivar pocket or it'll be just inside the Surfside jetties on the Gulf side there. Otherwise, it might, well, seven miles an hour is not going to tear it up, but it's not going to help it either. I haven't looked at the tide schedule for this morning. There may be some opportunity for green water to find its way onto the beach if it's not green now, but at least it will be calm. Highest wind on the screen at all is just nine miles an hour, and that's Hobby Airport, dead west also. So no favors being done, but that does open up some places to fish that I think would be holding fish today, and it certainly makes the boat ride that you're going to need to cool off occasionally a lot more pleasant than being beat up as we were when uh, Jerry and I were out a couple of weeks ago. God, it was rough back then. Whoo, it just beat us to a pulp. I don't know that my knee could have taken that after the damage I did to it a few days ago. I talked about that at the very beginning of the program. I've re-injured or, or at least exacerbated an old, angered an old meniscus tear in my left knee. 
And to name drop, it came during a deer hunt on a guy's big ranch up in the hill country. Uh, Nice big house, got a basketball court because he had teenage kids when he bought the place and built it. And we were at night out. I was out with Lance Berkman, former Astro, and his friend. And I think it was either his brother-in-law or I think it was, yeah, I think it was Lance's brother-in-law. But I got the great idea in my 40s to go out and play basketball at night in hunting boots with guys half my age and twice my size. Went up to shoot a jump shot. I still, to this day, don't know who it was who shoulder blocked me. Clearly, there should have been a whistle and brought me down on that left knee the wrong way. What I don't know what the right way would have been, but I know I landed wrong and um, heard a nasty little noise and immediately there should have been a whistle and brought me down on that left knee the wrong way. What I don't know what the right way would have been, but I know I landed wrong and um, heard a nasty little noise and immediately felt a lot of pain. Uh, this week's incident, not quite as as bad as that one. I at least was able to hobble for a while uh, after this one, and it's it's coming back enough so that I think I'm going to be able to play a golf tournament I've got scheduled for Monday. I certainly hope so. Fingers crossed. Haven't swung a club this week, uh, which is unusual for me throughout the quarantine, especially since daylight savings time came in. I've been spending more time out there with my son, and he and I are both getting a little bit better at the game of golf. About three more years of this, I'd be pretty good probably. Nine thirty four on Sports Talk seven ninety the Doug Pike Show. Thank you for listening. Holy cow! If this is the right name on this call, there's definitely something weird going on in the world, as if there wasn't already. This is what two weeks in a row Joe Doggett's been up before ten o'clock in the morning. What's up, brah? Yeah, Doug. I happened to catch your show earlier about the commotion that boats and whatnot can make on the bays. I have a classic example of that. I don't know if you covered it or not i didn't catch your whole sequence but, all right come on uh chasing the birds in the late spring and early fall you know a gang of seagulls oh, gosh, yeah. over trout mm-hmm. i mean the, the best way to blow the deal is to run the boat right up in there the gulls don't care about the boat whatsoever but the trout spook and yeah, the they certainly do. down and all of a sudden there's nothing there yeah so that's a classic visible example of how quickly the uh Bunched up feeding fish can react to a proximity of a loud motor. Boy, uh, yeah, and th- that's all the more reason to have a trolling motor on any bay boat you've got. Well, precisely. Shut down. If you can't drift in, use the troll motor to position yourself kind of at the, at the distance of your longest cast and just right. snipe at them. You know, yeah, just peck, it, peck away at the edge of the school. You're going to stay on them a longer time. And probably, and if you, this is the other thing, if we're going to talk about fishing birds, which is going to be coming up here and might be some working today, uh, if you're, you're going to get bigger fish, if you can throw a little bit heavier jig and get it down through those little ones that are chasing the shrimp, because the big ones aren't, they're not interested in chasing anything. They'll just pick (laughs) off the scraps. A nice big gaff top. Oh boy. You're right. Get some of that too. Bigger fish will be down, hanging down all over. Sure. But just the opposite of all that, which has nothing to do with the Texas Bay system, but a group of us fish in Alaska every year, and we fish these small streams right. for big rainbow trout, wade fishing, fly fishing. And the trout are drawn into the streams by the spawning sockeyes. 
but it's, some of these things are pretty narrow and shallow. And a jet-powered uh, flat-bottom boat from another camp, let's say, <laughs> will come roaring around oh, the end of the fishing gravel walk. Well, that's what you'd think. But as often as not, right after that boat goes by, the fishing goes crazy because wow. the uh, turbulence stirred, stirred up, up the bottom. Yeah, I just thought about that. Yeah, there's all that little like stuff that's the down sudden, there. Mm-hmm. Well, the egg, the salmon egg, yeah. specifically. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but okay. it's like it's like a quick chumming, you know. You would never guess that. You're cussing them and shaking your fist at them. And all the, oh, I got one, I got one. <laughs> yeah. I like, I'll let you get back to the show, but enjoy listening to it. All right, thanks, all right. you. I appreciate it, man. Adios. Sure enough. All right, bye-bye. I keep trying to get him to come just sit in here one morning and, and do three hours with me, or at least two on a Sunday. It'll be a little more tolerable for him. I think we could... Um, I think we could have a good time and, and put together an entertaining couple of hours just recalling some of the trips he and I have made together, hunting and fishing all over the all over the place. Really, literally all over the place. I never did go to Alaska, uh, and the only reason was because Joe kind of staked a claim in that and had been going for several years when I started at the paper. I was invited many times and just said, we don't need more than one, maybe two Alaska stories per year in the Houston newspapers. And so I just, as I've said before, I kind of leaned more onto the Caribbean and down into South America. And I did get to make one trip over to Europe. I went over and fished Sweden uh, and got to visit the factory where the original Abu Garcia 5000 Red Reel, the total free spool game changer, first legitimate free spool baitcaster. I got to see where that was made. It was fascinating. It was actually made in an old... A very small factory, a watchmaking factory, was where that happened, that was run. Every machine in there was run off of a single engine that had belts winding all across the ceiling and then down to the individual machines. If that machine or that one engine ran out of fuel or otherwise stopped working, the entire plant had to shut down. And it was fascinating. It wasn't a terribly big room either. And when, uh, I can't remember the exact timeline, but when the the name was changed and another company bought them out originally, bought out that watch factory where those reels had been built. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They ordered the workers to go ahead and just dismantle that entire thing. And they knew, because they had been there long enough that there was history there, and rather than just toss all of that machinery onto the scrap pile or into the garbage, they took it home, and they each had different pieces. And when Abu Garcia came in and realized what had been done, they somehow it was brought up that, boy, wouldn't it be cool if we could recreate this factory and some of the oldest, longest-time workers there said, well, actually, matter of fact, uh, we could if there was interest. So they restored the building, restored all of that stuff in there, 
and were able to find in the cracks of the wood floor enough little bitty watch parts and all of this stuff that had been used to make those uh, those watches for so long, and they were able to recreate the entire thing right down to the little parts that were being installed at each of those stations. It was fascinating. Fascinating tour. It goes way back in history. That entire trip was pretty amazing. I, I stood in a, a barn, a thatched roof barn that was built, I think, in the 1700s somewhere. It was just way the heck back in there. Way back when. Really neat trip. 713-212-5790. Email me, DougPike at iHeartMedia.com. That trip, by the way, the only one on which I have ever caught a pike. I think it was only appropriate that I try to catch some in my lifetime since I was named, or my name is the same as theirs. And it was really an amazing trip. I want to go up north. I want to take my son probably up into Canada, at least to Minnesota or something, to where he could catch them because they're a fun fish to catch. They're big, and they hit like a freight train, and then they run about 10 yards and just roll over like a tired dog. Oh, I just can't go another foot. It's not the biggest, best fight you'll ever have. A three-pound Jack Creval could probably turn a 15-pound pike inside out if they were tied tail to tail. But they're still cool fish, and they are big. The one thing I don't get with those is that figure eight deal these guys do with their lures right when it comes back to the boat. If a fish follows it back, they'll just stick the rod tip in the water and just run that lure in a figure eight around the boat. And Pike's dumb enough to come up and bite it. I have never understood why a fish was that easy. And I don't know of any comparable fish around here. And every now and then you'll get a strike on a lure right as you lift it out of the water. But I've still not gathered the courage in front of friends to try to work a lure in a figure eight right by the boat just to see if something will grab it i don't want to believe they will i think our fish are smarter than that i think they've seen enough lures to know better than that but i could be wrong dennis weighs in you could relate noise with fish to waterfowl hunting too make one door slam or loud sneeze or cough close enough to a roost and that roost is gone that's a very true statement right there good uh, we used to caution these guys when we'd go goose hunting all the time look we're going to be hunting real close to a roost today so when we get out of the car first of all no headlights going in that used to drive me crazy evident almost all the time it was almost inevitable that somebody would flash their headlights across the roost and blow all the birds out of there but if they didn't we would get there and everybody would be very gentle closing the doors of their cars but one guy and just Bam! Slam the truck door, car door, what rental cars mostly, and 30,000 geese that we were going to really just kind of pick at as they eased off the roost, gone. Nothing more frustrating as a guy than being, being sitting there on all set up right at first light, maybe five minutes till legal shooting time. You've had birds sliding through the, through the spread 10 feet off the ground all the way through and everybody's ready and everybody's excited and you start hearing splashing splish splash splish splash splish splash and what that was was a coyote trying to run down a wounded goose and that would spook them out of there as fast as anything that and bald eagles bald eagle just had to get in the same zip code out they went every one of those geese so frustrating so frustrating but so much fun that's why you kept going Kept going because one of those days, if you went enough, it was going to be awesome. 
And during the heyday of that prairie, there were lots of those days for those of us who were out there almost every morning to watch that sun come up and see those geese get off the ground. It's pretty fascinating. Nine fifty on Sports Talk seven ninety. My how time flies. Uh, there is some golf news that I neglected to mention earlier in the hour. I will get to right now. The Texas Golf Hall of Fame announced yesterday the twenty twenty class of inductees. On the professional side, this year's Hall of Fame uh, new entry is Angela Stanford with whom I've actually gotten to play just a teeny bit of golf, just a handful of holes and events I've I've attended as when she did as well. Fantastic, great, great player, obviously, and certainly worthy of the hole. Amateur player, Hank Caney, or, yeah, Hank Caney. And Lifetime Achievement Award goes to Vern Lundquist. The golf professionals, there are two, Mike Wright and Dow Finsterwald, Jr., and then the Texas Registry of Historic Golf Courses inductee will be Oak Hills Country Club. All very fine entries and all uh, certainly worthy of placement in there. Mike Booker, I think, was a, an inductee from last year. I, I don't know how many times I wrote that guy's name. Had to type it out when I was uh, covering golf in the outdoors for the newspaper. And his name just seemed to always come up. I was glad to see that happen last year. 713-212-5790. Email me, DougPike at iHeartMedia.com. Might have time for one more call. I'm looking through my emails right now, and there are certainly plenty of them. Uh, Billy, yeah, Billy liked the segment on on shooting sports, and I think uh, he he's looking for more of that. And I think we could if we start getting to into uh, different accessories, different different styles of shooting. Certainly with hunting season coming up, we're going to be talking more about guns. I don't know that we can make it a regular one. Maybe we could. My friend Andy Packmore from over at Gordian Sons, uh, been shooting for years, just never felt like I needed to carry. But now he's m- maybe going to take care of that. Who knows? Seven, well, let's see. Well, who is that? Let me go talk to John, huh? I'll get the thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs all around. Okay, that's fine. We may not have time. Oh, what has Rudy got going on here? Oh, yeah, this is um, this is something that I kind of agree with Rudy on. I'm not I'm not a big fan of people selling puppies on the side of the road. I don't know whether that's legal or not. Legal or not. Uh, Patrolman Chris weighed in. This is interesting. Said, I still have my four. This is go, going back to handgun calibers. I still have my forty, but I went to nine millimeters. Because the second and third shots are more accurate. I still qualify qualify with both and use the same holster for both. That's something that's something you you need to remember. Uh, oh, yeah. Think so? Nah, I can't. I'm not gonna get I'm here's something I'm not gonna do on this show because I think it it leaves where I wanna be with it. We're not gonna talk politics and respectfully, not a whole lot of stuff about virus. There are times and places for that, but this show is about getting outdoors 
and feeling comfortable doing so. So just let it be known. I don't want to get into the political weeds. That's that's talked about enough on radio and television, enough in the papers. Uh, this is going to be a distraction from all of that mess. It's going to be a distraction and an intentional one. Um, Billy weighs in, when you put a laser on a pistol, do you still aim and follow that front side or do you look for the dot? I'm not really wanting to look for dots. I think we, we covered that pretty well, uh, especially with Ronnie's call, Ronnie in law enforcement. said so what you want to do is draw and fire and trust your instincts to bring the gun up on the target, not entirely different from the way that Gil Ash and Vicky Ash are teaching shotgunning. You don't really have to raise that gun and, and try to go looking for something. It should be instinctive that the gun comes up in the position you want it to be when you're ready to pull the trigger. Same with birds, same with sporting clays, same with self-defense. The only time you have time to measure out shots is when you're shooting at paper targets and the paper target's not really moving. Got to have, got to have confidence with that weapon, especially if you plan to use it for self-defense. You can't, you can't think you know how to operate that gun. You can't hope that you can put it on target. It has to be something entirely instinctive, and that comes down to practice. And I really don't care where you practice. If you live out in the country and you can tape something to a fence post or put it between two sticks and shoot at it legally and, and without bothering your neighbors, more power to you. If you need to go to a gun range, then go to a gun range. If you're going to shoot a lot, you might consider joining one of the clubs around town like Texas Gun Club. But first and foremost, be informed when you buy a gun. You go into some place... I take, for example, Shooter's Corner that I speak for down there in Texas City. If you go in there and you're brand new, don't walk in acting like you know what you're talking about. Tell them straight up, I'm brand new to this. I need your help deciding what kind of gun to get. Maybe you could point me to a range around here somewhere and maybe a good instructor. Who do you think is good? Who do you think I should go to for instruction? And as I mentioned earlier in the program, you don't want to get taught to shoot guns by somebody that's barely good any more than you don't want to be taught to play golf by a 30 handicap. You're not going to learn what you need to know. Invest as much as you can in that gun, but reserve some, some money for instruction so that you are a qualified, confident shooter and that goes for hunting self-defense target shooting competitive shooting those guys that do those three gun events are it's fascinating watch it on the internet sometime see how fast they can shoot it's incredible they're shoot and shoot accurately they're not just spraying bullets in the air they are tapping targets at legitimate range uh, just as fast as you can blink your eyes it's an amazing Amazing disciplined sport and shooting at you got to remember there is the sporting side of shooting and that's it's really fun. It's very, very competitive. It's affordable. It really is. You don't have to go out and buy a super expensive gun to be competitive. You just have to be a good shot. Now, for the same reason, I wouldn't recommend buying twelve, fifteen hundred dollars worth of golf clubs the first time you go. I won't recommend buying a, an expensive gun when you first get out there. 
Work your way up. Start with something comfortable and then work your way up. One way or the other, though. This weekend's going to be 100 degrees today, and if you like it, you're going to love tomorrow because it's going to be about the same. I'll be outside watching baseball games. You guys can get in there and watch, do whatever you want, but get outside, okay? Maybe you can't stay out all day in this heat. I understand that, but get outside for as much time as you can. I will leave you on a fun fact to know and tell if you want to get away from all the heat and craziness. Barbados is offering a 12-month visa to anybody who wants to come to their country and work remotely. Hey, if your boss said you can work from anywhere you want, go to Barbados. So far, they've only had, what is it, 98 cases of the nasty stuff virus and only seven people died from it. Be a pretty safe, enjoyable place to go. I don't know if my bosses would go for that or not. I may take a run at it. Barbados sounds pretty good about it now. All right, I'm going to get outside have a little fun with my son. You guys get outside have fun with your families. I'll check in with you tomorrow at 8 right here on Sports Talk 790. Adios. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.